What is up, Wine Cook Nation? This is Ray DeLucci with Wine Cook Thoughts Podcast. Hope everyone is doing well and staying safe. Welcome back to another episode of the show. My guest today is Andre Natera. He is the host, the creator of Chef's PSA, an Instagram account, website, and so much more that I definitely think you should check out. Go to Instagram at chefspsa.com. He has a really sizable following, and you'll see all of his content. In this episode, we talk about the new the launch of Threads, Instagram's new Twitter rival, and how chef creators can be using it to up their game. We talk about AI and content generation, food and content generation, and so much more. Always a pleasure to talk to Andre. They have him back on the show. He was on in January. Go check that out. We talked about ChatGPT. I just think anyone who's creating on Threads, wanting to create a following on social media, should listen to this podcast. Before we begin, just a friendly reminder that every Monday I put out the Wine Cook Thoughts newsletter called Prep List Items. This is a newsletter that goes out sharing all the different and interesting things I find throughout the week um, in, you know, in regards to the food industry, job and staffing levels, gear, equipment, advice, anything I find interesting, I send to you. Also, if you're listening, please uh, leave a like on YouTube and subscribe. And if you're listening on podcast please go ahead and leave a review on Apple or Spotify. A reminder, go to linecookthoughts.com to sign up for the newsletter. You just put in your uh, email and hit subscribe. Thank you to Andre for coming on the show. Go to the description of this podcast to see all of his links. And here we go. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right. Welcome back to the show. If you want to start out by introducing yourself, that'd be great. So my name is Andre Natera. I run the Chef's PSA. So that is the podcast. I have, have Chef's PSA podcast, Chef's PSA on all social channels, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, etc. And I'm an author. I've written five books. But um, my credibility comes from the fact that I was a chef for, well, I, I cooked professionally for 27 years and I was a chef, executive chef since 2003. Awesome. And you've been on the podcast before. Uh, beginning of the year, we did our little uh, chat in January about ChatGPT. I'll uh, mm-hmm. put a link to that episode in the description of this one. But uh, starting out now, the newest, craziest uh, piece of technology has been Instagram threads. So for those who don't know, Instagram launched a Twitter rival called Threads. Uh, I find it to be very interesting, very fun to be on. Uh, it's kind of crazy. I was on Twitter for four and a half years and I got up to like 700 followers and with threads, Mm -hmm. I'm already over a thousand and it's been four days of recording since as we're recording this, obviously Instagram ports over or threads ports over from Instagram, some followers. So you could say Mm -hmm. that obviously there's a little bit of a, I I don't want to say cheap, but it's like, it's obvious that that helps out. But at the same time, I feel like I'm engaging with a lot more people. And that what I'm posting word-wise is uh, getting out there more, which I really like. I like the word-based app. I always felt Twitter fell short. Um, Mm -hmm. I really thought, when you think of the idea of Twitter, like for me, I like to write. I like to talk to people. Twitter seems great, but in reality, it's not. And I feel like Threads is hitting on what I've been looking for. So 
that's kind of my little take on it so far. But how have you been enjoying Threads? I know you've got a couple thousand followers already over on the platform. What's it been like for you? I, I like Threads. Um, similar experience to what you said about Twitter. I, I actually I enjoy Twitter. Of all the you know pre-Threads, I would say of all the social media channels, I enjoyed Twitter the most because of conversation. Hmm. I can only look at so many pretty pictures, and I felt like Instagram is a lot of pretty pictures. Um, yeah. Besides, besides YouTube, right? Great videos, but Twitter. I felt like conversation was going. It was uh, what, what's the it's the town square. And everyone has an opinion. Now, if you could curate your feed, you could you could follow interesting people and your feed, the algorithm will eventually show you exactly how you're rewarding it based on your feed. So yeah. I did like Twitter and I felt like Chef Twitter was non-existent. And I, I would occasionally post on, on social media like, hey, go follow me on Twitter. Let's get the conversation going over there. But I think I've been on Twitter for a long time and I'm more of a... I'm not that good on Twitter, not because I can't be, but almost like I'm, I feel like I don't have an audience. So who am I talking to? I'm talking to like, you know, 20 people or whatever on Twitter. So I don't tweet a lot because I don't, I don't know if it's, if anyone's listening, but I know how to use Twitter very well in terms of, you know, the social dynamics that are going on there. And it's funny because when I got on threads, I realized how awkward a lot of these chefs are. Like they, have, they haven't had to use their voice in so yeah. long. It's always just been a pretty picture and, and whatever. So I, I, uh, I posted this the other day. I was half, half joking, like, Hey, microgreens and shaved vegetables might not go very far on threads. You might actually have something to say. <laughs> um, so there, there's a little bit of awkwardness, a little bit of clumsiness. I think you could see initially in the first couple of days of threads. It's fun. And I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just, um, it's like people are trying to figure out how do you communicate on threads? Um, mm -hmm. because the style is similar to Twitter. And if you, if, if you're a Twitter user, you kind of know, and you see a lot of this engagement farming on threads right now. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of it. I think my second or third post, uh, was, uh, was engagement farming. Like, let's get everyone to comment here. Um, yeah. but, but it's interesting because you could see who the pros are on Twitter right away on threads and you could see who's like, okay, how does, how does this work? And they're just, you know, learning how to walk and crawl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's been interesting, right? I think um saw this with Clubhouse when Clubhouse was big. I don't know if you ever used – did you ever use Clubhouse? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when I was on Clubhouse, uh, again, very first mover advantage. Uh, this was right in 20, beginning of 2021, I believe, or end of 2020. But when Clubhouse launched, I was on it all the time. And I remember like our, my third night on hosting a Line Cook Thoughts Clubhouse. Grant Ackett and Nick Konish joined my room just because my the name of it was Line Cook Thoughts, um, and uh -huh. obviously like, that would probably be something they would gear toward. Fast forward to Threads, and just the engagement with bigger brands, uh, different people. You're starting to see a loss mm -hmm. already. I think so many have been already imported into Threads that that first day there was so much really like organic or engagement. It didn't really matter how you like how big you were. Now you're starting to mm -hmm. starting to see that distance between really big. Uh, content creators and brands but i still think it's a very valuable space and you know you might be a chef or a cook and be like well what's the upside of that i think th for me the biggest upside for threads is it's so new that there still is that lack of boundary so if you're a, a smaller creator and you're trying to get someone's attention reaching out to mm -hmm. them or if you're trying to get someone's advice reaching out to them this or that but i think it's mm -hmm. a very easy place to connect with people right now it's a little jarbled and confusing with the main feed but I still think it's a really great opportunity for those who are willing to put in a little bit of work on it. Yeah, I agree. I do. You know, I think the main feed does have problems and I could get into that. But what, what I find interesting is 
the one thing about threads that's ex being exposed from Instagram, because obviously they're connected and there's crossover from the two, is people that were that are perceived to be very large on Instagram, and then all of a sudden they're not very large on threads. So it's like shocking, like, oh, mm -hmm. I have you know, 100,000 followers on on uh, on Instagram, but on threads you only have 200. Well, that probably means you bought all your followers and they were bots, right? So yep. it, it exposes a lot of people. Like, how did they? How did those accounts get so big? Um, yep. Because if that following didn't transfer over at a at a reasonable rate, right? So you said you have uh, you crossed a thousand followers. That seems mm -hmm. about reasonable for for what your Instagram following is. Yeah, like um, at a, if you were to do the math real quick, uh, for seven hundred, about six percent of the followers I have on Instagram I have on Threads. So like, right? Yeah, it's not crazy. <laughs> so but when you see someone that like these hundred thousand follower accounts and they have yep. two hundred followers, you're like, okay, what happened? Right. So yeah, where where did all your other followers go? Um so it exposes a little bit of of that, right? So it, it kind of cleans up the mess a little bit. So that that's interesting. My my criticism that I have right now with threads is the reason I don't have a little blue check mark next to my name. There's a there's actually there's an actual reason is because with meta verified you have to your name has to be um your account. So my name That's why I is Andre Matera. Yeah. It's not Chef's PSA. It doesn't say Chef's PSA on my driver's license. So I can't mm -hmm. get that blue check mark. Exactly. And on the main feed now of threads, it aggressively promotes those blue check marks. So I feel like right now it's a little bit of an unfair advantage for people that don't have the ability to have that organic reach because it's not giving a, a level playing field for everyone that's on the application and for people, mm -hmm. you know, if I, if I could get my blue check mark by uploading uh, a, you know, a document, I would, I would totally do that, but I don't have the opportunity to do that. So that's a little frustrating for me. The other thing is my first day on my feed was absolutely terrible. Everything was showing me was like, if I was, uh, you know, it's MTV, Paris Hilton, uh, yeah. makeup. It's like that, that has nothing to do with what I, what I do. It's not showing anyone that I follow and it's showing none of my interests. So I, I think there's a lot of the paid brands getting, getting pumped out. A lot of the big brands are on my main feed. Either that or the big brands know how to tweet better. I mean, I've seen Wendy's, I think, every single time I open up my feed. is yeah. uh, you know, a fast food they're, chain. So it needs they're to really get good at it. Yeah. yeah they I will are, say they Wendy's are. marketing team is great. But, yeah, no, I, um, it was my first job in industry, actually. It was uh, Wendy's dishwasher. But, uh, yeah, no, that, uh, it is interesting. Uh, I think for me too, one of the cool things about threads in particular is the, just the, uh, it seems so laid back right now and really positive. And I think everyone's really dying for a positive, more pleasurable. I, I saw a thread the other day where someone was like, this is what social media used to feel like. Fun, exciting yeah. to go on. We'll see how long that lasts because obviously things happen, but I think you're also just in a, we're at a point where I think everyone's been dying for something new and mm -hmm. well, threads is like a Twitter. There is a lot of a, there's a very positive perspective. I feel like on it, on the app so far, obviously you're going to have your naysayers, your shit bloggers mm -hmm. and everything else. But so far I feel like it's been very good on that. And so I think for me, the biggest thing is really like late, like, leaning into the positive aspect of things. But also I feel like I've been able to be a little bit more like playful and goofy and more like mm -hmm. just conversational on the app. Like I've, you know, like I, my, one of my best friends is Cole Bailey. He, uh, he, me and him comment all the time and 
one thing I do is whenever he comments on my stuff, I'm always like, oh, please email us at winecookthoughts@outlook.com. Like I was a big brand just to mess with him and he'll say something dumb and I'll, and I just feel like I can do that on this app because mm-hmm. it's so playful and stuff. So have, right. how, what's your content approach been like? Do you feel that way where it's a little less formal than maybe an Instagram or a Twitter or how do you feel? Well, yeah. So Instagram needs to be, um, I, I, I think, and you know, this, this is strategy. Like on my Chef's PSA page, uh, you have two buttons, right? You have the the static post, and then on the other one, you have your reels. So I keep mm-hmm. my my account separate. So if you want to see my reels, you click here. If you want to see my static post, you click here. And I also post like a little comic now attached to the post. Well, those are mm-hmm. always behind the standard red post. I want you to come to my Instagram feed, and I want it to look like a storefront because you yep. can see it. So yep. it has to have a certain Not aesthetic. Right now. Um, now, with regards to, uh, I was going to say Twitter, um, uh, threads. Sorry, it's, it's just not in the vernacular yet. You're good. Um, with, re- with regards to threads, I think I could be a lot more playful. I, I could show my personality a little bit more because initially when I first started Chef's PSA, people didn't know me. So, you know, they hadn't listened to the podcast. Uh, I'm naturally sarcastic. I think I'm hilarious. Other people don't think I'm hilarious. So uh, I realized that in a lot of my sarcasm didn't come through in my early posts. So now I feel like with threads, I could post the goofy things a little bit and, um, and people realize like, okay, he's clearly that's not to be taken serious. That's, that's clearly a meme or, or, or a joke. So I could be a lot more playful and witty. Um, And you have to be, you, you have to be able to say, you know, brevity is a big thing. So you got to, how do you say so much with so little, right? So mm-hmm. un- understanding that, uh, you know, when I, when I make a caption on Instagram, it's almost like a mini blog, but how do you, how do you take that, the essence of that mini blog and put it into two sentences on yeah. threads? And that's, uh, that requires a little bit of finesse. No, definitely. I think also a big thing, you know, one of my, for the longest time, they've kind of died down now a little bit. And I don't think I've been posting as much, but the, some of the best content pieces I would ever post was tweeting like a very thoughtful, like something I was very thoughtful about screenshotting mm-hmm. that and to put and posting it on Instagram mm-hmm. back in like, you know, like two years ago, I feel like when the algorithm was a little bit more friendly, I would be getting like 2000 likes on these, like just pictures of tweets. And mm-hmm. so like, it's just like, it, it's interesting. You'll, you'll like just to see kind of where things go with it. So, but um, I am excited. It is definitely entertaining. I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's definitely a lot of questions. Is it going to last? Is the excitement going to be there? Twitter obviously had fatigue. What's Threads going to do differently to keep retention? I think a word-based platform is very is going to be it's a little bit more challenging for some. Uh, but yet, mm-hmm. and then there's also just the idea that I was out at a bar Friday night and I asked some of my friends if they had, if they're on Threads yet, and they're like, "What's Threads? Like, what is that?" So it's yeah. still very very new, and I don't think that. I feel like we know it and I feel like a good amount of people know it, but I don't think the mass general public know it too well yet. Mm-hmm. And and I would say that I, I don't think Twitter's done. I, I actually think that the Twitter user and the Instagram user are very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they both have their place. I, I think there's a certain way to communicate on Twitter and there's a certain way to communicate on Instagram. And the reason Instagram, uh, Threads is being successful is because it's all the people that didn't like how, how they communicate on Twitter. So this is like, hey, we don't communicate that way. We communicate this way. Yeah. Um, 
So I, I, I don't see Twitter being displaced. I, I'm not one of the people that are like, uh, Twitter's done and Elon Musk is running for the hills. I, I actually don't think that. I think Twitter's going to remain a strong competitor to threads uh, because I think they appeal to two different, uh, two very different um, ways of communicating, two very different communication styles. Yeah, I will say though, some of my favorite content pieces that I've been making are the Twitter threads comparison. I think the one that really people enjoyed was like, I was like, the threads is the bear and Twitter is burnt, like the movie. So I I, got to ask you, because I saw that I didn't, I didn't fully understand it. What what do you mean? What was that trying to uh, convey? What's the uh, difference between bear and and burnt? Well, I think a a lot of people would consider bear, the bear, uh, like one of the better TV show or the better like chef media things Ah, out there. And a lot of people just like burnt. So, um, I guess another one, another example is I was like, the Threads is like a Paco Jet machine and um, Twitter is like a McFlurry machine because it's always down. So like just stuff like that where it's like <laughs> kind of out with the old and with the new or the superior version of things. So or, or the, the, my favorite one that really didn't get much traction was I said that uh, Threads was JB Prince tweezers and then Twitter is Amazon Essentials, the ones that can like barely go. close when you squeeze them. So. I, I I often say that Twitter is like uh, making the most delicious s'mores over a dumpster fire. Like it's delicious <laughs> and you want to eat it, but it's like you're cooking over a dumpster fire. It's complete chaos on Twitter. Um, yeah, but you can't you can't stop looking. Um, mm-hmm. Where where Instagram is so or Threads is so it's so neat and pretty, and it's like there there people are gonna. It's it's almost like watching a, a reality show versus watching a polished movie. Yeah, it's interesting too. Is like, uh, you know, looking at um, Twitter and Threads. I, I actually saw a story. Was it two days ago where they were saying that they've done so? Twitter used to be the spot for a lot of breaking news with trending. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know personally, I would use Twitter more, not even as much to post, but to see what was going on in the world, especially during like COVID and everything else. I feel like it was very good right. to at least see what was trending. It was like not getting my news from Twitter, Twitter per se, but a barometer of what it is really relevant to the mass majority of people so then i can go look it up um Mm -hmm. and they're saying now that tiktok's kind of taking over that as well so i am interested to see i i am a little less uh optimistic with twitter in regards to how Mm -hmm. it is being used and operated i think there's a lot of uh consumer changes but um Mm -hmm. hey we'll see how it goes yeah yeah I'm, i'm interested i mean there's so much competition in the social media world that and you know you and i are both in i mean aside from but we're kind of in the same world, right? Podcasts, social media, and um, we're competitive enemies, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not competitive with anyone. I'm doing me, you're doing you. I'm, I'm not, I'm not worrying about it uh, too much. Um, no. But I, I, I find it interesting that I, I have to, I have to reasonably have my finger on the pulse of what's happening in social media because this is how I'm, this, this is how I make a living now, right? I, I'm no longer cooking professionally, so I am paying attention to what's going on on YouTube, TikTok, etc., and when I when I approach something, so if I post the same thing across all platforms, it's interesting to see how it'll how it how it's responded to across all platforms, right? So mm-hmm. the most success I've had um, has been on Spotify or Instagram. That seems to be where you know that's that's kind of my sweet spot. I do want to explore Threads because I I do find uh, I, I do find that I have a slight competitive advantage on Threads because I spent so much time on Twitter. And mm-hmm. I realized that a lot of chefs haven't. 
um, yeah. because it, it's not pretty images. It's more about in, engaging in good conversation uh, or bad conversation, right? So, yeah. um, I, I posted a something on Threads early on as like, you know, someone rubbing their hands or something. Me knowing that I've been secretly training for this moment for years on Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah. It's, it's interesting. And then you have all the AI tools layered layered on top of that, which. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in AI and, and using it to enhance anything that I'm doing. So I'm a I've seen you mess around with the um, AI. I don't know if you're using Midjourney. I use Midjourney, yep, Mid-Journey. for yep. for, uh, for AI images. But when I first discovered that, I first started playing around with that, and then the ability to create um, you know, social graphics with Midjourney. It's like if people don't realize how how powerful that is and how much content you can create just from that. It's, it's uh, it's pretty wild. Midjourney layered with Chat GPT even more powerful because you could create, uh, like I'll, I'll, I'm giving away inter- insider knowledge on how I create my images, but um, you could get a um, a plugin on Chat GPT four that's specifically for Midjourney. So you could say this is kind of what I'm thinking, and I want the lighting to look like this particular movie, and it says, yeah. okay, here's the prompt that you need. So it's a it's a, a prompt generator on Chat GPT. Um, so you're feeding it there, and then you're taking that, and you're put, you're creating the image in Midjourney. And if people haven't worked with Midjourney, I mean, I I have probably about a thousand images right now that I've created that I, people have never seen because a lot of them are really bad. But um, I have so many images that I've created on Midjourney, and I pay for the premium mm-hmm. so I can have uh, the rights to the photos. But it's it's fantastic. And and when I first started yeah. messing with it, I started messing it with it for for food images, and it blew my mind how good these food images were that I sent it to a lot of my friends that work in high end restaurants. I was like, Hey, what do you think of this dish? And they're like, it looks good, but it looks like you didn't uh, glaze the whatever. And I'm like, it's all AI. And they they couldn't believe me. Like they had to really look at the food images at first to, to say, Oh, it's, it's AI. I thought that was real food. So yeah. If, you, you, see if the, you can layer some of those, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. I don't, and I want to get into your growth in a second. So I don't want to like jump into that, jump out and then jump back in. I started using Midjourney. I think I started posting with it probably the beginning of June is when I kind of, I played around with it a little bit, but I was like, yeah, I think I want to start putting out some more content like this. And like, mm-hmm. you know, like this, this one, the mind of a chef one, I, I just put in like mind of a chef. I thought that was cool. Like very colorful. Uh-huh. But then like one of my friends, Val, she was like, what if you could go in and like ask it to make dishes in the style of famous artists? So we did one with yeah. Monet and like mm-hmm. did one with Van Gogh and most of the stuff doesn't even like look like food. Like it's very beautiful, but it's not real food. Like, right. like I don't know what is on these plates, but it's just interesting. Like kind of that metamorphosis. But um, and even the other day, like, I don't know, I wanted to do something fun. Was it yesterday? Like, I, yeah. Like an hour or a day ago, I wanted to do something fun with dogs. And I was like, mm-hmm. I just typed into mid journey dog running, Mich- dogs running Michelin star kitchen. And I put and, I posted it and there's like a whisk coming out of the one dog's head. So it's like, you know, there's some <laughs> odd things here and there, but just like stuff like that. It's just like just fun little content pieces for me. And like, but for you, you know, your growth that you, like you said, like you have these little like comic details or these comic strips along with your chef's PSA. When you came on, I mean, you already had a sizable following, but I mean, going, looking at your account now, live update on followers you are at 40.7 thousand followers on Instagram and you started what, when did you start? Chess PSA? Uh, Maybe like officially start like. Officially like, like taking it serious. I started 
in, I want to say like June or uh, maybe not June, maybe like May of last year. So, so a little about a year, year in, about yeah. a year in. And it's impressive, right? Because, you know, I'm at 14,000 followers and I had a really huge follower jump um, 2019, 2020, 2021. Mm-hmm. And since then, it's been like, it hasn't been as like active. It hasn't like the jump follower jump hasn't been going up. Like, I feel like the audience mm-hmm. I have still responds. We still engage, but it's not like hitting these mass levels. But you, I mean, to get 40,000 followers in a year on Instagram with the app being as like old as it is, and there being so much out there, like obviously you're doing something right. Um, mm-hmm. What has it been like for you uh, to just kind of go through your Instagram and build it over the last year? And did you expect to hit these numbers? Um. Yes, no, maybe. I, honestly, there's times that I thought, uh, like, wow, I'm surprised how far along I am. But then there's other times where I think, wow, I thought I'd be further along than I am right now. So mm-hmm. it's it's difficult for me to say. So I, I do have a, a strategy. I have a consistent strategy. Um, you know, I do a static post every day. Every day I have to come up. And, and believe it or not, like, sometimes sometimes people will talk shit, like, that's what you came up with today. Like, do you know how hard it is to write a blog post <laughs> and come up yeah. with something witty every single day? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know if people realize, like, the first one's easy. The first 15 are easy. But go longer than a year and have to come up with that every single day. It's not it's not as easy as people think. Um, yeah. So I draw, on, I draw on past experience. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, this this is it. Um, so I, I do a static post every day. This, you know, the static post is short and sweet. And then there's a, a, an expanded narrative below that that will hopefully explain what the post is about. So for people that just want to look at the post, great, like it, move on. But for people that are like, because I do have a lot of people, uh, young chefs, that like they need this information. They mm-hmm. either need the daily boost of motivation or some insight, you know, peek behind the curtain. So that's really for the people that want to just sit around and read. And I've built an audience. You know, I have a lot of a, a lot of chefs and cooks that follow me that I engage with in the DMs. I've gotten to know them. Um, I've made so many friends through the Chef's PSA that. Um, I feel like I know them, even though some people I've never met, but they engage with me daily. So I've, yeah. I've built that audience, but really the, the big spike in my growth, um, my I try to post at least two to three reels a week, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, because I, I think you could um, you could grow your audience a lot better with video than you can with a, with a static post. So obviously, I you know, there's Instagram stories, there's the static post, and then there's Instagram reels. And yeah. I did a reel. I did a reel video in December of last year. So I was trending around 15,000 followers and I posted okay. this reel and I went from 15 to 30. So I doubled, I doubled my following in like 15 days with this stupid reel that I did. Um, and what I did was I, I, um, I'm looking at your reels had, right now. If you want to, <laughs> there, there was one where I did about uh, chef stealing dishes. So, um, okay. I was learning how to edit. That's why I was doing reels because like I wanted to, it was just practice for me. Like how do you, how do you learn to add the captions? How do you, where should the captions go? So there was yeah. a lot of, it's the iterative, iterative process to understand something. I have to do it. Like starting a podcast, I didn't know how to start a podcast, but I, I started so that I will get better over time. So specifically with this Instagram reel that I did, I got on there and I was like, every chef, you know, out there is stealing dishes. You know, it's just a, a regular rant. But I edited it to sound very aggressive, and I put like an aggressive music behind it to sound like an asshole. And that video itself got me about a quarter of a million views. So a quarter of a million views on that one video, and that led to a spike in 15,000 followers, only because it like pissed a lot of chefs off. (laughs) And I was like, you're calling us thieves? And it's like, well, I mean, 
everyone is taking dishes from somewhere else. Like there, there's really no one that's being too original and I'm not knocking them. And that was the whole point of the video that I said. It's like, I'm not knocking people for stealing dishes. Everyone does it. I am knocking people who steal dishes and say they invented it. That's yeah. where I, that's where I um, take exception is you take, you open up the Noma cookbook and you think no one else has the cookbook. So you go replicate the dish and say, I invented, you know, the uh, reindeer penis salad. It's like, well, <laughs> no, you did it. Renee did. Um, and that's, that's kind of what I was calling out. I didn't think the video would go that viral. Um, mm. So long story short, that's kind of my Instagram strategy is it's static posts uh, once a day, uh, which it now includes several comics. So I usually try to have three in the static post, um, yeah. an Instagram reel two to three times a week, and then uh, three to four stories a day. Awesome. And for this on Instagram, are you gaining any traction on TikTok or not really? I did initially. So when I first started on TikTok, I I, uh, I remember like within my first week, maybe I climbed up to 2000 followers or something like that. Really quick, just like that. But I think TikTok initially rewards you, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's like that bait to stay on our app. We're going to reward you with all these followers if you post. And then after yeah. that, so let's just say in the first month of TikTok, I gained 2000 followers. And then since then, I've only gained like a thousand. So mm. in eight months, I've gained a thousand, but in one month, I gained two. So yeah. Clearly, there was clearly I don't get it, or TikTok uses a little uh, funny algorithm. We're the same way. I really don't post on TikTok. I've had some reels, I would say like 10, 20,000 views, nothing like really too viral, but I do get a solid like six to seven, eight thousand by representative mm-hmm. of who's active in my follower base mm-hmm. on any given day. Um, I, so I do feel like reels does well for me. I don't post as much video. Um, I don't really like posting even to YouTube. Like I post my stuff on YouTube and just like bare bones, like here's my interview with people. But um, mm-hmm. it's just like interesting. And it's interesting how you as a creator kind of decide those things. Like I think we both are very much Instagram photo driven where me, I'm mm-hmm. posting stories of what other people say, like how am I going to post it? Well, I have to kind of share their story and their work. And it, like for me, that takes a little really, uh, I need a medium that gives me a lot of space, right? Like Instagram, mm-hmm. you get really the most space besides Facebook because a lot of people, what they send in is very long. So putting the copy of what, you know, I always ask why they got into food, um, why do they like the industry and what's one thing they want to see changed about it. And so that can be like two to 300 words, if not more. So um, mm-hmm. I run into that problem now where I'm, what I'm doing is I'm asking people on Instagram if I can repost on threads because they're like connected accounts. And even then I don't have the space to put all the copy in in one thread mm-hmm. to make it like, and I guess that's the beauty of threads is I could thread it out, like put multiple or like, you know, like how you would subtweet things, but um, it is interesting. But I, man, like just watching your growth over the last few months, like since we first talked and like, obviously just, I think there's something to be said for the uniformity of your page, the consistency with it. And like, I will say like the AI tools as well. I mean, Midjourney blew my mind when I started really messing with it. And there were just mm-hmm. so many different things that like uh, just, I just enjoyed like making and there's so many different ideas that I still have that I'm like waiting to post on. But um, yeah, I think that a lot of chef creators like really, I mean, I see you using it a lot, but beyond that, I don't really see many in the food space using it. And I dabble in it more so than like, I would say consistently post on it. But Mm -hmm. why do you think uh, like a lot of food creators aren't using more AI tools? Um, Because they're busy. (laughs) Yeah. I, 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 I never, uh, I, was, I don't remember who I was talking to. They were asking me, why don't I do more cooking videos, demos? Like when I do a video, if it bombs, let's say it's going to get 10,000 views 
or whatever, right? So it's not mm-hmm. going to do great. Um, if I'm making something and I have to film it, I have to edit it, I have to go buy the products, it's I got to clean money, up. Yeah. There, there's there's a big financial investment and there may be little ROI, right? It might, it might not benefit anyone. Plus, there's a lot of chefs that do it very well. There's a lot of chefs on social media that can show you how to make pasta or whatever. Any, anything that I could show you, there's a better version of it that exists already online. And so yeah. I'm like, why am I going to invest all this money into a video that maybe no one's going to watch when I just have to stand there and talk about my experience? because I have 27 years working in all levels of kitchens and I have stories for days because yeah. I was so well connected in the industry. People would rather see that for me than let me show you how to you know, make a, an annual audio or whatever the case may be. So yeah. that's why I don't do that. So I, I, anyway, back to your question, the reason I think not a lot of people have embraced that is because that's not their lane. And a lot of chefs in general, they're so busy with their restaurant that they don't they don't have time to do what we're doing. They're not in uh, full-time content creation mode. So before yeah. I started Chef's PSA, I had a really good conversation. I have a, a friend that's a big uh, – I won't, I won't say her name, but I have a friend that's a very big influencer with millions of followers. And we were, we were out having a – you know, we were at an event and we were having a conversation. And I was telling her I was kind of interested in going down this road. Now, I'm naturally reclusive, but aside from what people see on social media – if you meet me in real life, I'm shy and quiet. I'm the person that's going to sit in the corner of the restaurant by myself uh, with a hoodie because I don't want anyone to talk to me. Um, I'm naturally shy and reclusive. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of a socially awkward butterfly, right? <laughs> yeah. And so I, I was talking to my friend and I was saying, you know, I was telling her what I was doing with the chef's PSA. And she says, you need to, you need to do reels and show your face and talk to the camera. I said, absolutely not. I'm not going to do that. No way. And she says, what do you mean? No way. I said, I'm not going to do it. There's no way I'm going to go on camera and show my face. I'm, I'm, I, I don't like that. And she says, if you're not doing that, you're not even in the game. So that's the game. And if you're not going to do that, you're not even in the game. So don't think you're going to grow your account. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay. So that's when I did it. And that's when I started doing it. I was like, okay, she's right. So I, I recognize that in order in order to to reach a larger audience, because ultimately you know, we're, we're talking social media strategies, that's Social media is just an avenue for me to get my message out, which is to help cooks and chefs. That's really what I'm trying to do. Social media yeah. is the medium which I use to um, to convey that story where I can help cooks and chefs become uh, better versions of who they are. That's really what I'm trying to do. And if that means that I have to stand in front of the camera to help kitchens across the, the world get better, then, that, then that's what I'll do. I'll, um, I, will, I will show my face if I have to. Very cool. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. And I think for me, it's also saying, and I think maybe you just inspired me to do, I'll post a reel today just to get more into it. I also, I mean, I'm, I'm not a socially awkward butterfly. I wouldn't say I'm actually pretty, I think it's pretty easy for me to talk to pretty much anyone. Um, but so I just, I don't like video. I don't, I hate mm. recording videos. I hate record. Like I just, yeah, I'm, I like to be like a lot of my freelance work I do is all, I mean, most of my freelance stuff that comes from, outside of my regular job is all writing. Like I love to write and mm-hmm. I love to post other people. That's why I did line cook thoughts. I struggled for a long time because mm-hmm. I wanted to do a social media brand, but I didn't want to be front and center on it. And I didn't want to be the only one like to be a part of it. And so being able to kind of be like this page where I could just repost others and share what they're feeling and kind of be a, a journalist almost, that's kind of the vibe. But I think like if I really want to keep growing the community, then having to commit myself more to video is you know, one thing. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are like, Oh, well, you do a podcast. Well, what's the difference? I think for me, the difference is like, 
just being on video, I just hate, I just don't know. I, I feel like I'm awkward on video and it's weird and all these different things. So, but it is good advice. Mm-hmm. I do want to ask about, you know, going forward, looking into the end of where we're midway through 2023, kind of how your, um, what are your priorities right now in regards to just like food media in general or kind of how you're maneuvering the landscape of that is like social work outside of this, like you like as the runner, like the owner of Chef's PSA, how are you managing the end of this year? Because I feel like, you know, threads wasn't a thing when we first talked to it in January. Now threads is like mm-hmm. probably the biggest thing right now. All the AI images you're using, those have come within like the last few months. Like, how do you feel like the end of the year is going to cap out for you? Um, I, I don't know, but the, the, the growth of Chef's PSA, like I said, in December, I was at 15,000, then I went to 30, but from December to now, I've only gone up 10. So it's, it's, it's hard to gauge. I thought, oh, if I'm going exponentially like that, I'll be at 200,000 by this time. Did it, mm-hmm. didn't pan out that way. So I, it's really hard to say because I might be, uh, I might be exactly where I'm at right now at the end of the year. The other thing that is awkward about social media is my account's been banned twice for no reason. I got it back because it was just people that were being haters that complained about nothing. And so with threads, I've wondered if you get banned on threads, cause you say something stupid, you can also get banned on Instagram, which is an incentive to walk on eggshells, right? So to, to yeah. play nicely, because if you, you, if you have a very large account on, on Instagram, but maybe you don't have such a big account on threads and you say the wrong thing, you run the risk of potentially losing your account. And I don't know if that's the case, but I think that question needs to be answered. Not that I'm going to go out there and go crazy, but if I swear on threads, I want to know like, okay, can I drop an F-bomb or not, right? So mm-hmm. I have no idea where this is going. I could tell you where I'm going though with Chef's PSA is eventually, um, right now I've written five books. So I have five published books for the Chef's PSA and my audience is cooks and chefs. So it's it's helping chefs become better chefs and helping cooks uh, hopefully move into their sous chef role or become better line cooks. And right now I'm in the process of translating those books into other languages. So right now they're, they're only in English. I'm, um, I'm wrapping up the Spanish translation. Then after that, I will go into the Italian translation. And I, I'm hoping really that I could get the message out because I think the amount of messages that I get from people telling me how much they enjoy the podcast or that, you know, they look forward to the daily post because that's just the shot in the arm that they need. That keeps me going. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm not, I'm not just writing this as a vanity project. This isn't just for, for my own sake. Like I'm actually helping people and that's what keeps me going. When I stepped away from cooking, it was strictly so I could help and mentor the next generation. That's, that's my true passion. I'm a part of a, an organization called Mentor BKB, part of the James Beard Foundation. I sit on the board for the Texas Food and Wine Alliance. I help, um, you know, uh, high school students through the culinary arts and career conference. Like I'm, I'm heavily involved in the community aspect of helping chefs and cooks. So that is my, my true passion. So chefs PSA allows me to do that. So wherever I end up at the end of the year, it'll, it'll just be further down the road, but with the same mission. Very cool. Very cool. Those are my questions for you. Are there any points you want to touch on before we start to wrap things up? Anything that you have on your mind as a fellow podcaster? <laughs> Um, man, I do. And you said something with this question that I wanted to touch on and I, and I, I completely lost my train of thought, but I will say that 
for for people that are in the content creation world, so podcasts, social media, et cetera, I, I feel like if you're looking at culinary social media, you might not have an advantage over anyone else that you're competing with. And this would be my advice if someone's listening, because all the chefs are all looking at the same pictures. They're all, you know, they're all copying and stealing each other's ideas. I don't want to get in trouble for saying that again, but everyone's just kind of borrowing off each other. The majority of my time when I'm looking for content creation is that I just like, okay, who are the best content creators out there? I just like, okay, let's look at Jake Paul or, uh, I'm trying to think who else, right? So uh, I should know the big names, Mr. Beast or, right? When you look at what those guys are doing, that's who you should be looking at. You shouldn't be looking at other chefs. You know who does um, social media very well is Ryan Peters. Just did a video with Mr. Beast where he did like, I don't know. It was great. 50,000 eggs or I don't know. It was like 50,000. It was like 6,000 eggs or whatever the case may be to make this big thing of pasta. Like he's not getting that from any other chefs. He's getting that from, you know, looking at uh, someone like Mr. Beast who's saying double it and give it to the next person or whatever the case may be. So if you're, if your strategy is to grow your brand uh, as a social media content creator, I don't think looking at chefs, in my opinion, is the right answer um, because unless unless all you want to do is make food, like if that's what you're trying to do, then yes, do that. But if you're trying to kind of maybe go in a different direction, um, you got to make a different noise and all these people are kind of making the same noise. So let's, let's make some noise over here. I think the best ideas for content creation are uh, outside of culinary and then figuring out how you can bring those into culinary. Yeah, I mean, you know, going to Ryan, I mean, he's he's been on the show. Um, he was on the show and he was the 13th uh, episode of this podcast. And we're, mm-hmm. what, we're over 200 now. And then he was back on for episode 130. Um, yeah, he he's a really great example of just kind of finding his own niche um, and kind of going. You know, I don't know if I've ever said this on podcast, but his what he does would be like my dream. I love making pasta like. Mm-hmm. All my friends know me as like someone who makes pasta and to see him get to just do that as like his job is so cool. Like it's just so yeah. awesome. But, and you know, that's come with a ton of hard work, ton of perseverance, ton of networking. And Ryan's just an all around great guy and he's able to network and meet people and kind of get his name out there. And you think about just like this one dude, like, you know, when Ryan first came on the show, he had a, his Instagram was Peter's pasta. And it, I think it had like 16,000 followers and he put out mm-hmm. really good content, but then he kind of, there was a turn where he kind of started doing more what you were saying like i feel like he was very chef focused and then he kind of did more stuff that would probably appeal to a more general audience like with showing the egg yolks more and making really great really cool videos and being open to trying like cinnamon toast crunch pasta dough and stuff like that or and i don't know if that was an actual dough but he's done like cereal doughs all these different cool things so um Mm -hmm. yeah I, i i kind of get that too i think for me when i kind of look at content now it really is just like I think so much for me, I'm never really interested in like the fine dining, like capture. Mm -hmm. I feel like Instagram, you get a lot of easy likes from not easy likes, but if you, if you're an account posting like really beautiful looking food, there's always an audience for that. But I think for Mm -hmm. me, and I think you kind of share the sentiment is like, really, what do we have to say? Maybe more so for you, it's like guy in that next generation. For me, it's sharing what uh, what people in the industry have to say that maybe don't get a spotlight. But I think those are like the really like those are really unique perspectives. And so I agree with you on that. And that's kind of why I pride myself on what I do. Like, you know, I, I don't know that like I've had really like I've had things hit and I've had things get a lot of likes and views and all that. But, you know, my goal, like I my my uh, financial well-being isn't tied directly to line cook thoughts. I've had a lot of great success with different things. Um, and mm-hmm. so I feel like I really have a la- like 
really not lax approach, but I'm okay with whatever gets put off because I know my, like my mission is really sharing people in the food world. Um, mm-hmm. But for like creators like Ryan and like yourself, like you've gone into this being your full-time thing. And so having those strategies, having those ideas, like it's important, but for you guys to not fall back on what was probably safe, but to actually go out and do bigger like things or things that are different, it's just a testament mm-hmm. to like your willingness to, to kind of put your money where your mouth is and, go try it out. So I'll tell you a story about a, about a year ago. So I wrote, I've written five books. The very first one that I wrote, um, I didn't have any ambition to write it. I was just putting chef's PSAs up on my personal Instagram account on the stories just to make some friends laugh. And one of my friends said, Hey, turn this into a book and I'll buy it. And I thought to myself, how hard could it be to write a book? Right. I didn't, (laughs) I didn't know anything about publishing books. I just said, it can't be that difficult. So I, uh, something about me is, I will figure things out. Like I didn't know how to make a podcast. I, I will figure it out. I don't know how to make AI videos. I will figure it out. So I, I went and I wrote this book and you know, it's, 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 it's my first book. A lot of people say it's my best one, but it's really bad. Like <laughs> I hate mm-hmm. to talk badly about my own product, but it's poorly written. You know, the grammar's all messed up. It's, it's a chef writing, like, you know, typing like this, this is what I'm going to write. And I had to pay someone to edit it. I had to pay someone to format it. Um, because I didn't know, I thought the editor also formatted it. I had to, I had to pay someone to design the cover, which was terrible. The first cover of it was really bad. And then I, hmm. like, I ended up spending like $2,000 to publish this book with my own money. Um, yeah. and I, and it's literally the worst formatted, the ugliest one with the worst cover, um, with the most grammatical errors and, and typographical errors. Now fast forward to my most recent book. So I just published a book about a month ago. It's titled bad Sue, good chef. And that book, I designed the cover, I edited it, I formatted it, I've done everything. I paid zero dollars to do that book, and and I've translated it. So it's interesting to see when you first start out and you're spending all this money, and we could could talk about this if you want, of why I would be against getting, you know, signing with a publisher, because I I, I think signing with a publisher might be a bad idea, but only Mm -hmm. if you want. But now I've I've spent zero zero dollars outside of the programs that I use to to design and edit the book. That it's it's I hate to say it's pure profit outside of my time. It's 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 pure profit outside of the time that I put into it. I don't have to pay anyone for this, and I own the rights to it. I don't mm-hmm. have to split. I don't have to split any of the um, any of the money that's earned with anyone other than than the distributor. But that's I don't have I to guess. pay a publisher or anything I- like that. So it's. Yeah. And I own the rights forever. Yeah. And, and I would say that's probably, in retrospect, I, I talk to friends that have published books, and it's like, how much did you get for the book? And they'll say, oh, I, you know, they gave me like 15000 for the book up front. It's like, that's it, one time. Yeah, These books can make you money for the rest of your life if uh, if you set it up right. So I think with all the tools that exist right now, if someone – I would I would not advise someone unless like someone's coming to you with a million dollar deal for your you know your your life story, which in most cases that's not what's happening. Yeah, um, I would say like try and own as much of your content as you can, which has really done well for me. Is like I publish my books. I'm the publishing company. I'm the editing company. I'm the publisher of my podcast. Everything stays with me. It all stays with my brand, and it's worked out really well for me. 
Good. No, that's, that's awesome. That's going to be my guess is that everything's so democratized now with publishing and creating your own books and stories that it, you probably don't, there's no need. Like why, why put the risk out there? So awesome, yeah. man. Well, I um, just want to say thank you for coming back on the show. Uh, it really has been a pleasure. I uh, really do enjoy, you know, catching up, getting to talk to you. I definitely enjoy the posts. Um, I feel bad because like, you know, I see all your posts and I haven't liked it. I feel, I always have this weird thing where it's like, I just want like people to know that our creators that I follow, like I do enjoy your work. I might not like everything, but you post a ton of stuff, man. Like it, it, there's so much stuff and I, I'll go into your page and I'll like scroll through it. Like the last one I'll like will be like three days ago. And I'm like, I like, I didn't even see these posts. Like he just keeps going. Like it's just never ending content. So um, yeah. it's really cool to see everything you've been doing. Obviously, Thank like you. for, you know, you've opened my eyes to AI content. That's why I've been posting more is like just seeing the creative things you have done. And I think we, you know, I, I don't know how much of it I will post, but I've definitely played around with it and have been more open, really open to using it. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to say thanks for the time and, you know, always thanks for creating content like that. Yeah, you're welcome. It's uh, good to see you again. And uh, I always enjoy catching up and yeah, hopefully if I ever, figure out how to have guests on my podcast. And the reason I, the reason I don't is because I don't have a studio. Um, yeah. but I, I definitely want to get a studio. And if I can ever get to the point where I have a studio where I can have a nice couch and two, <laughs> two cameras and, and all that, I'd, I'd love to invite you down and have you on as a guest. Yeah, I would be honored. And Hey man, if you're, <laughs> I tell people I'm the bare bones podcaster. Like I, I have the most limited equipment, but it, it works out. So I hear you on that. Um, okay, yeah. I'll talk soon. All right, you take care. All right, so weird. And there you have the conversation with Andre Natera. Again, Andre, thank you for coming on the show. To you all, please go to linecookthoughts.com, put in your email and hit subscribe for the newsletter. As always, if you're on Apple or Spotify, please leave a review, and I will see you on the next Linecook Thoughts podcast. Thoughts podcast.